I saw this picture of, uh, looks like you and Sophia went bowling the other day. Is that correct? We did. Well, you know, my one question, especially as you were, uh, you know, making some references to your bowling skills. I didn't make any reference to skills. I just said, bring on Roy Munson. Well, either way, my thought process from, you know, talking to you in the past is, you know, I know Sophia uses the bumpers, but, you know, she's at a young age. But if you and her are on the same lane, I've never seen a bowling alley where you, you pressed a button and the bumpers went away and then came back or vice versa. Oh, I'm going to teach you something new today. So it's actually by bowler. What? By? By bowler. So when you put in daddy, it says, do you want the bumpers up? Yes or no. And then when you put in Sophia, you say yes. When you put in me, you say no. So when it's her turn, they automatically pop up and then they pop down. Bowling has really gotten that highfalutin. It has. Do they still let you bring in your own shoes? I think so. I mean, you have your own pair, right? No. Don't lie. I don't. What happened to them? I don't know. They got Munson out in the middle of nowhere. Everyone, my name is John Edwards, and with me is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad Shrink of Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. How are you, Zeke Baker? You know, I can't complain too much. I was a little worried about you this week. I Man. think a lot of the folks were too. I mean, shit hit the fan. For those of you that I don't want to tell Zeke's story, but I'll set it up and then i'll let him take over because you all want to hear him say it more so i get this text from him what was it sunday night yeah probably i mean it probably started sunday morning and it was hey bud uh, i'm going to the er my throat is is a little tied up and I, I can't really swallow too well i mean he told me earlier in the day he couldn't swallow very well but <laughs> the dude's the, car got a little banged up <laughs> at that point he's like hey this is bad enough i'm gonna go into the er and i'm like hey you need anything everything okay you take it from there yeah apparently i had the most expensive enchilada outing known to man on saturday <laughs> night i was gonna go uh you know watch the, the the fights with some friends picked up some chow Apparently a little bit of enchilada got hung in the throat. That was around 9 p.m. on Saturday. It wouldn't come out. I literally tried everything. I kitchen synced it, I, I assure you, without going into a ton of detail. But if there was a, any way that we thought possible or I thought possible to remedy this situation, I tried it. So finally, Sunday night, not any better. Literally, I mean, it's been over 12 hours since I've had any fluid or food pass through my esophagus. I go, well, I may as well uh, just go ahead and nut up here and head on into the ER because, you know, no... No primary doctor, urgent care, et cetera, is going to be able to remedy this. And when they said they were keeping you overnight, I knew at that point it was a little serious. Well, I mean, they told me like, hey, you know, we got to run an upper GI scope down through there, see if there's a blockage. If there is, remove it. We'll also, you know, dilate the esophagus, et cetera. And I almost halfway thought to myself being the uh, cheap person I am, like, well, you know, I can go sleep in my own bed and just come back in the morning. I don't need a bill for overnight. You're like, can I just stick my finger down there and move it around? <laughs> um, but then I decided, well, it's probably best to go ahead and get this thing, you know, be first thing in the morning, get the procedure done, et cetera. So we go in for the procedure, 
Turns out I have some type of a pseudocholinesterase deficiency and I don't metabolize succinylcholase, which is an anesthesia. And apparently blood pressure bottomed out pretty bad. Heart rate shot up pretty good. I don't know how severe it was or wasn't, but, you know, people were a little worried. (laughs) My mom got called. Uh, yeah, you know, mama get called, shit gets real. Long story short, I'm, I'm here and well, and um, my dad tidbit especially, remind your children to chew their food well. I've yet to see the bills yet, but I got a feeling that damn enchilada is going to be the most expensive Mexican food I've ever eaten in my life. So I have a serious question from all of this. Did they find and remove the shit that you're full of? Oh, no. Oh, so you're still full of shit. If you want to foot that bill, I mean, we can go tell them to get the excavator and start digging. But otherwise, I, I don't think you want to you know, deal with that. But in all seriousness, we're really <laughs> glad you're okay. People in our Facebook group were very worried. I don't know if they were worried because they wanted something from you or they were <laughs> worried because they legitimately There's no cared. more will it randomizer. Zeke died. I was like, hey, guys, I could run them, but Zeke knows where they are. <laughs> No, and uh, that was, you know, the the best irony situation, you know, as I'm sitting there in the bed, like the, you know, nasal canula on and all that stuff. Like, you know, I'm just going to post a picture of this. Normally, I don't go too personal, but I've got a laugh in the middle of this whole uh, episode of literally damn near death by enchilada. And then everybody commented on your picture, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Man, the bourbon world. At least there's a few things you can always count on. Yeah, one thing you can always count on is that CassCartel.com will ship liquor directly to your door. So I want to thank them for sponsoring Dad's Drinking Bourbon. They are changing the game in the way that you get alcohol. So they are like the Amazon of the spirits industry. They're getting merchants together with you so that you can buy. A lot of people get upset that I don't mention this. You could buy rum. You could buy tequila. You could buy scotch. You could buy whiskey. You could buy bourbon. Whatever it is, you can go ahead and get it at cascartel.com. Also, go check out their Instagram. They're always doing giveaways. They did Blanton's. They did Pappy. They always do some other stuff. I think they did Nicholson Yellowstone. Follow them at cascartel.com and also cascartel on Instagram. You never know what you're going to get. We got to see how many uh, peanut butter whiskey skews they're carrying now. I mean, that I think 2020 is going to be the revolution for it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the banana one. Have you had that? Uh, no, but I mean, literally, I, I laugh as I say it, but it's serious. I mean... How many SKUs are out there now for peanut butter whiskey? I know of three. Oh, I thought there was at least like five or ten. Well, there's PBW, there's Screwball, and then yeah, there's Old Smokies. But I think more people are popping out and even some variants on it. If somebody does a peanut butter jelly, that might be something in and of itself. With a baseball bat? Yeah. It's peanut butter jelly time. I mean, like, if you did a pick with that as a sticker, done. I think people are already... I mean, we tried to get would, a pick I of screwball. I didn't know if it had to be a pick. You could just say it was and put the sticker on there. Yeah, remember we tried. We reached out to <laughs> screwball and we couldn't get a pick. We can always open the doors there. You're going to help us out. Cast strength screwball. It's peanut butter jelly time. Man, you put a hologram on that? <laughs> Man, put a hologram on anything. <laughs> 
I also want to tell people before we get into what we're actually drinking today that Whiskey Warmer is coming up. We are one month away from Whiskey Warmer at West Haven in Franklin, Tennessee. Our folks' events hatched. They always call us over to sit there and interview some people, have a good time at Whiskey Warmer. We always have a great time going around seeing everyone, drinking some some great whiskey, eating some good food. Go on and check out WhiskeyWarmer.com. Zeke and I will be there podcasting. Come say hello to us. We would love to see you. We're going to be podcasting or just shooting the breeze? Or a little bit of both? A little bit of both. All right. We got to get a podcast in, but yeah. you know, we'll take some time. We'll, we'll, we won't record. We'll talk to people. Be cordial. We always got to be cordial. Hopefully. <laughs> no enchiladas for me. No. No enchiladas ever. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, man. Like, no. No way. No effing way. What about like fajitas or quesadillas or burritos? I do fajitas. That's my other go-to. I either do just straight fajitas or enchiladas. Burritos and quesadillas, too much cheese and gunk. And, you know, I'm trying to, I will say the upside between a couple of different illnesses over the past few days is three out of four days and literally like full 24 hour windows, I did not eat. When I got on the scale at the ER, it said 220. I was like, well, hot damn. Oh, Zeke, you done dropped a little weight. All right. I remember when I weighed 220. I was in the fourth grade. (laughs) Your clothes are looking a little bit loose. Yeah, I feel good about this. I know. I feel like you look a little disheveled, like we need to send you to a tailor now. No, 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 no. Disheveled's good. Take that in a little bit. It's like, like, you know, when the shirt actually makes you look fat, but you're not because it's too loose. I I told you about my thoughts on this no i didn't know your thoughts you lower the bar on expectations so that you actually do less but people are impressed more if they think that you have a big gut i mean if they're thinking things big here besides my head or my feet they're going to be disappointed you know what they say about big feet they smell funny big socks (laughs) all right we are drinking tonight we we had an opportunity Sean Josephs was in town last week. We got to go to dinner with him, Mike Hines, the guys from J Squared Barrels, Tim from Nashville Bourbon Enjoyment, Seth over at Bourbon Steak. There were a few more people there, our buddy Kaysen. Anyways, a whole bunch of us went together and we went to Peg Leg Porker. We drank this ride on. Now, what is special about this pinhook is it is the first distillate from Pinhook to come from Castle and Key. Everybody's very excited. A couple of years ago, Pinhook decided, you know what? We are going to move from MGP to Castle and Key eventually, but that stuff actually has to age. This rye has now aged two years around, maybe a little bit longer. It's 97 proof, 48.5 ABV. The cool thing is it is 60% rye, 20% corn, and 20% barley. I have yet to see a lot of rides really take on some of those things that Old Elk and Chattanooga Whiskey have done in the bourbon side and put a little bit more barley in there. Interesting. And, you know, not to jump too far forward, though, I would at least say I feel like the barley in this one is maybe more enzymatic than flavor enhancing. How so? I mean, you know, both. I'm usually the bigger barley fan to a degree, but I don't. I don't pick up a ton in this, or at least if I am, I, I, I don't, the palate doesn't scream barley to me. You know, it's not like a Chattanooga or an elk or even a Stranahan's or anything else that's, you know, an American, you know, malt whiskey kind of thing. I kind of disagree with you, but that's par for the course with us half the time. And that's a good thing. Anybody, I feel like a lot of people are tuning into us maybe for the first time because 
They might have just found out about us either through the Jack pick or the Willet pick. A lot of times Zeke and I don't agree. That's the beauty of it. Everybody has different palates. Everybody has different taste buds. So, you know, one person is not going to have the answers. Listen to our tasting notes, figure out which one of us you, you align to more, and then decide for yourself. Go out there, taste it, split things with your friends, taste as much as you can, put it in your Rolodex and find out what you like. Rolodex still exists? I mean, I feel like that's more of a, a term than a thing these days. It's totally a term over a thing now. Okay. I mean, your Rolodex essentially would be your, put it in your iTunes contacts, but that sounds dumb. What about black books? Do those still exist? No. I mean, unless you're kind of analog versus digital. Oh, I was thinking about like married or unmarried. What do you mean? Like, huh, you got a number in my little black book. Well, I think now it's, I got it in my burner phone. <laughs> Track phone, baby. Woo. <laughs> it's in my pay as you go. But no, um, as John mentioned, we had a great time, uh, you know, with Sean and you know, plenty of our local friends that we don't get to drink with enough. And so a big thanks to Sean and Pinhook for inviting us and taking care of a, a very good, fun-filled meal at Pegleg Porker. Simple plug for them if you've never been. Great queue, great wings. Great whiskey. Great-ass food. I mean, it's kind of tucked away a little bit, so you might have to look for it. But it is, the you know, they're just one off of the gulch. And again, uh, I think if you go there, you won't be disappointed in the food by any means. And shout out to Carrie Bringle, who owns Pegleg Porker and Pegleg Porker Whiskey. It's uh, pretty damn good. The 12-year is filtered through hickory charcoal. So not your regular charcoal. It's a, a hickory charcoal that they would use in the barbecue. Fun fact about Carrie is he actually has a podcast called Live from Bullshit Corner, which I did. And then I... I did it and the microphone's messed up. So I got a call after the fact that I need to go back and do another one. <laughs> Couldn't happen to a better person. Thank you. So shout out to Carrie. Check out his podcast. Check out his restaurant. Zeke, what'd you get on this pin hook? I have a good time tasting these things. And uh, we've been fortunate enough that, you know, over the past you know, couple of years now, Sean's always kind of giving us dibs when he has something new coming out and says, hey, tell me what you think. And, it, you know, it's wholehearted and he just wants to hear you know our opinions, which is great. Nose wise, this is going to dance a little bit, but bear with me. I went from pine nuts to wheat thins to unwrapping a nice and sweet uh, vegetarian tamale, like inside a banana leaf. You know, you get one fresh hot and, you know, you can barely touch the leaf because it's still got the heat on it. But as soon as you open it up, uh, you know, all the steam comes up and that cornmeal comes off of it. And, you know, it just fully, um, you know, overtakes the the nose senses. That's really where I went with this. <laughs> I know. Fresh notes from Zeke. Man, hospital changed. <laughs> it's a damn anesthesia. <laughs> Um, did you have like a near death experience and now you're seeing things differently? Well, if it was, they haven't told me probably for legal reasons. Is it one of those things where you realized when you woke up that like, I should be nicer to John? <laughs> no, <laughs> never. You woke up and you're like, I got to double down. Life is short. Well, I mean, I did wake up and the nurse looks at me and she's like, Hmm, you know, you should probably be down for a, you know, at least another hour or so with the amount of propofol you got going through you. And I just looked at her and said, I got a real good liver. Thanks. <laughs> the response she gave me wasn't the best. <laughs> oh, God. So moving from there, um, you know, from nose to palate, 
The first thing I really got was a really sweet mint. It reminded me of like the, um, you know, what they call it, uh, you know, saltwater taffy. Yeah. It reminded me of like a, a the the peppermint, you know, saltwater taffy. Uh, that's really one of the few things that, that really popped up strong. After that, towards the back end, I got a little bit of like a sweet tart type feeling. Then literally it was sweet and a little tad of tart and just that little bit of kind of a, you know, powdery, chalky residue that's left over when you chew one of those up. Overall, I thought that the proof worked really well to showcase the sweetness, the rye grain, obviously, and and the amount of heat is very in check as well. My next note is literally barley question mark. Maybe it's there in more of a smoothing and, and like I say enzymatic form than it is profile. I just didn't pick up a ton of it. I, I did get a really solid amount of corn and sweet. When you think rye, that's not the first thing that pops in your mind, but the amount that's there is in a really good balance with everything. And, you know, one of the things I thought of was, you know, as people jump in and learn and diversify into whiskey, rye can be a little bit tougher to get into, especially if it's, you know, a heavy rye with a strong, you know, burn, singe, etc. This would be a great intro to rye. My only asterisk toward it would be if this was your intro to rye, and then you get something that's a heavy rye later, especially cash strength. You might not think you've had rye before, actually. <laughs> it, it definitely goes down easy. I got the sweet tarts. I think the sweet tart is a very good note for this one. I got a lot more barley, and I know I'm kind of jumping into the taste, but the, the nose was very floral for me it was a, a spicy floral almost a little stout everything the barley for for me on this one manifested itself as a stout throughout the whole thing and i almost got a little bit of those notes of a stout finished whiskey anyone bourbon and i'm thinking to myself i'm like this isn't going to be zeke's jam because i got more of that the the chocolate stout kind of aftertaste with the sweet tart nose and chalkiness um not overly chalky but it it just the whole way it covered and coated my mouth it was like a sweet tart it just goes down really easy it doesn't taste like 97 proof at all there's a little bit of rye spice that kicks up the very end and tingles your mouth but mostly i got a lot of the barley but it was almost like the barrel was finished in a stout hmm. interesting that's more of where I was headed with that. Like to me, it was more like if Black Bell was a rye, it kind of tastes finished to me like that. Like it, it's in a stout barrel. I mean, I saw you pour both our glasses out of the same bottle, but well, you're the one talking about like tamales. I what the hell are you talking about? Have you never opened a fresh hot tamale right out of the restaurant wrapped in a nice banana leaf? No, son. You talk about a. It hits your senses so well. I mean, you, literally, you sit over it and as you unwrap it, and especially if it's hot and all the condensation comes up and just carries all the aromas, and you get the cornmeal, you get whatever's in there. I mean, it's it's a good sensory experience. You should try this sometime. I'm busy eating all those enchiladas you're leaving on the table. <laughs> that or a damn tombstone pizza. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> if there's nothing else in your house and... You forgot to go grocery shopping last weekend. You you take what you can. I feel you. So, you know, not to beat the drum too much, but the first release from Castle and Key, obviously it's under the Pinhook label, and this is their own contract distillate. You know, at was four-year juice, that right? It's two to three, I oh, think, really? right now. Oh, yeah. I thought it was up to four. Okay. 
I think it's a very good segue and transition from MGP. I, I don't get any similar notes other than the fact that this is a rye whiskey. And I think it's a nice, you know, segue and, you know, I guess a new rendition of a, you know, a familiar label, but a completely new profile. I like it. Oh, I mean, like I said, I, I think it would be a great intro to rye for a lot of people that are kind of iffy on it. The <laughs> only uh, reservation I would have is, you know, if they hit a, you know, a 95 or a hundred percent rye, especially it's cash strength, it's going to be a completely different wave and profile than this offers. Well, I, I'll put it a little bit different to you, right? Because, you know, you have the green color rye, and then you kind of have that teal color rye, just like you have the orange color bourbon and the purple bourbon. The orange bourbon is going to be kind of that daily drinker, just like the green rye would, where the teal and the purple are going to be more of your cast strength, your I don't think it's an intro to rye. I think it's a good, solid daily sipper. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as we hopefully approach the uh, the warmer spring and summer months, I think most of us will all agree, other than a cocktail, we all drink less rye when it's hot. It just, you know, doesn't flow. You could crush this in the summertime. No I think problem. it's definitely one of those ones that, you know, if you're going to have a couple drinks and you don't want to go high proof and you want that enjoyable sipper, I like it. I like the barley aspect of it. I can see that it's probably not in Zeke's wheelhouse as much as it is mine. No, I liked it. I, I just don't get the barley notes. That, that's what oh, I, I laugh it. about. Yeah, I loved it. I love the barley there. Honestly, I like that he uh, he's pushing the envelope and the team over there is pushing the envelope because I feel like higher barley. Barley costs more as a grain than corn and wheat and and rye do. So if you're going to put 20% barley in, if you're going to do a high malt whiskey, it's more expensive to make. I mean, you're still making pretty damn good margins on whiskey at the end of the day, but it's going to cost a little bit more to make than a low barley would. And that's a lot of times why 5% is in there because you know it's going to cut a little bit. Well, it's an enzymatic reaction too. Yeah, I applaud them for doing things a little bit outside the box. I think I think a lot of what you're going to catch with this is you're going to get beer drinkers. You know, if you have a friend that's a pretty good beer drinker, I'd say go ahead and try this pinhook out, see what you think about that and maybe get their foot in the door in whiskey. But that's because I taste barley and you don't. Yeah. If you want to throw all that out the window, I won't judge you either. To me this is a nice sweet rye, very minimal heat, very minimal kick. And the, even though it is a rye whiskey, the amount of corn that's in there gives a really nice, sweet, tart balance. What's MSRP here, John Boy? It's like 30 to 35, so it's not bad at all. Chalk it up to uh, another daily drinker that I would say most folks should have one of on the bar. Heck yeah. I'm with you. want to let you know all of our glassware is provided by distilleryproducts.com. Go to them for all your laser etch glassware needs. They're one of the best places in North America to get laser etch glassware at wholesale prices. All of our friends over there, Janie, Vicky, Carson, they're going to get you Glens. They're going to get you Wee Glens. They're going to get you the Neat Glass, the Tuit Glass, whatever it is. They have it. They also have flask decanters, and they will put your logo on it, and you can get a whole bunch of them at a good price. Distilleryproducts.com. If you want us to get you in touch with them, reach out to me via DM. I am happy to get you in touch with the good folks over there. Zeke, 
The folks can find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Join our Facebook group. Everyone is doing it, but answer all three questions if you want to get in. Zeke, the folks can also find us where? Instagrams, Twitters, Nashvilles, wherever we are in suburbia currently. And the Whiskey Warmer <laughs> on March 28th in Franklin, Tennessee. Well, there you go. Cheers. Ciao.